I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And welcome back to Reading the Gospel. Today we are looking at the harmony of the gospel. We have four gospels, or better, four versions of the gospel. And as we discussed last time, not all of them have the same purpose or the same perspective. They address different audiences. And the question is, do they harmonize? In other words, do they cover the same events in the same order? Yes. And so to begin, we're going to read from Luke chapter 3, or Luke chapter 1, excuse me, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading from the NIV, and the Bible says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. And verse 3. Okay. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So what is a gospel is an orderly account um, of the life of Jesus Christ. Yes. At the same time, um, the question is, what is the main literary genre of the Gospels? And it's a narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a narrative of the life of, of Christ. In fact, in uh, my English Standard Version, it says in verse 1, as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been happen among us. Mm -hmm. It's a narrative. It is primarily a historical narrative with elements from uh, biography, which was a popular popular genre in the Greco-Roman Greco world in the time of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And this uh, historical narrative is sprinkled with theological insights. John picks up that theological insights, the, uh, the theological insights more, more um, and more than the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the gospel as a historical narrative blended with biography and sprinkled with theological insights. Yeah. So when the gospel was translated into, uh, let's say our language, uh, English, and that uh, happened a little bit earlier in the um, 15th century, uh, or better say 14th century. Yeah. And later it was uh, uh, that monumental historical translation which has influenced the uh, Protestant Reformation, the King James Bible, which uh, in 1611 was an update of the previous English translation. Uh, what manuscripts of the Gospels were available that time? And what is the meaning of manuscripts? So the meaning of manuscripts, these are the texts from the original language that we have mm -hmm. um, that were translated into the English. So original language of the Gospel was? It was Greek. Greek. Um, yeah, for the gospel. And, and for the Old Testament, we have Hebrew and Aramaic. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we, we do have Greek versions of the Old Testament as well, um, which we call the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and we have full manuscripts and partial manuscripts. You're um, talking for the gospel. For the, well, for anything yeah, really, yeah. but focusing back on the gospel, yes, we have full manuscripts where, which cover the whole book mm-hmm. um, in Greek, and then we have partial manuscripts which cover just maybe a verse or a few words or a chapter. Or... So as uh, this science of biblical archaeology and history has developed, mm-hmm. um, the scientists have discovered more and more manuscripts uh, of the Gospels. We are focusing on the Gospel. So how old were those manuscripts used to translate uh, the text from Greek into English by the first translations, like King James or even the version before? Yeah, so those were much later. Mm-hmm. They, they were, they were not... Um, yeah. Like the 9th and the 10th century. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, yes, these were uh, significantly removed from the original manuscripts when they were written. Yeah, close to, you know, 900, 1,000 years later. Yeah. So, um, since those centuries, 14, 15, um, we have more and more older manuscripts. What is the older manuscript we have for, for the Gospel? Um, I think it's called P52. Yeah, the Chester Beatty manuscript is uh-huh. the oldest that we have on record. And, and this was uh, written just after the time, you know, Paul, or, uh, excuse me, John had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early second century BC. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, if I remember well, it was discovered in um, Egypt in around Alexandria. And uh, uh, P52 that we have today, each manuscript has an, uh, 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 a letter and uh, a number. This is P from Papyrus. Yeah. Uh, it was discovered um, in the time of Roman Emperor Trajan, who reigned between 98 and 117. That is right after John has passed away, probably. Uh, according to his disciples. That means he, the Gospel of John was valued so much, it was copied right away and spread around the world because yeah. it reached another continent, that is uh, Africa. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of John, from the manuscripts, we have around 100 manuscripts, early manuscripts for the book of John. It, the, again, these might be fragments or uh, not necessarily complete, but there's a lot of evidence out there showing that these were copied and mm-hmm. shared and, and sent uh, broadly uh, overseas uh, to other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe this would be a good time to mention some differences between several Bible translations, differences in regard to the text or textual evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, newer manuscripts from the 9th and the 10th century might have some additions, we call them later interpolations. For example, in... So, what does interpolation mean for someone who doesn't have... It was added, it was included or interpolated, placed Mm -hmm. in between other verses. And and an example of this, we see this in the Old Testament. Um, They will say a story took place at this uh, section, which today we call 
and then they give it a new name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the authors at the time of writing, the the well um, might have a new name than what it was called back then. And so they'll they'll give it the name there, and this is what we call it today. Uh-huh. In the gospel, this might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. For instance, in newer manuscripts, 9th and 10th century, we have a verse in John chapter 5 about the angel that was coming from heaven um, and touching the waters of the pool of Bethesda, which were moving. That verse does not exist in oldest manuscripts, closer to the time of John. As well in John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery, that story does cannot be found in the oldest manuscripts. It, it is considered a later interpolation. This is why in some modern Bibles, these passages are skipped, but they are mentioned in the footnote that they exist in newer manuscripts. Yeah, and that's important to know because as you're reading, if, if you're following along with us and you're in a different version, it might skip a verse or skip a yeah, section. And, yeah. and you might be thinking, well, why why is this different? Why does your Bible mm-hmm. say something different than mine? And, and it all comes down to which manuscripts are being used. And this is happening just a couple of times, uh, a couple of times in John, the end of the Gospel of Mark uh, 16, and um, um, later in the New Testament, but mm-hmm. uh, we are focusing on the Gospel. Uh, by the way, are these differences significant for understanding the ministry, the sacrifice, and the meaning of the death of Jesus Christ, and to understand uh, how salvation is being delivered to us? Yeah, so no, they're not. Mm-hmm. And theology is basically the study of a topic in the Bible. Yes. Um, and so you can take any topic, uh, anything, money, death, um, life, salvation, anything. And and when you study all the verses in the Bible, an understanding of those verses is called theology or Mm -hmm. or doctrine. Um, And and when we do that, there's these verses that are different. There's nothing in those verses that are key concepts that we have to have those verses Mm -hmm. to have an understanding or a belief. Um, They're they don't take anything away from the so core. So practically, you are saying that we should establish a theological evidence based on two or three witnesses. Yeah, like right? we talked about last time. Exactly. So it, it's not just one text. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't make our theology based off one instance. We use the whole Bible to mm-hmm. answer the questions of, um, how should I deal with my money? Or Yeah, and the whole Bible is like uh, identifying a little piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. and putting them together to have the big picture about who God is Yeah, uh, and what is his will for us today. So we need to move on to the, the main part that we haven't got into yet, the, the harmony. What is a harmony of the gospel? What does harmony mean? Um, harmony is to... Uh, synchronized together uh, to make them work, um, to be in sync, to harmonize. So a very simple way to make a harmony of the gospel is to draw uh, four columns on a piece of paper and to list the events in each gospel in the order they happen in the gospel and to try to 
uh, align them, right? Mm -hmm. So one event uh, might be uh, might have a correspondent in another gospel. So to see which events are uh, listed in just one gospel, which events are listed in two or three gospels, and also uh, to establish a chronological order. Now it is very important coming back to Luke chapter one, uh, because Luke says in verse three, so I decided to write an orderly account. Mm -hmm. This is why um, there is some internal evidence as well as historical evidence that the gospel of Luke is the most chronological one. Yeah. And the Gospel of John is the less chronological one because he doesn't focus on the sequence of events in the life of Jesus Christ. Now, there's no master harmony of the Gospel that, that you can go to that definitively says there are 200 events that took place, unique events. There's many different harmonies yeah. out there. Some of them pretend to be definitive. Yeah, some of them <laughs> say they're definitive, but um, you know, you go to Olive Tree Bible and they've got 250 different events. Um, Blue Letter Bible has 215. There's some that have 170. Why, why do we have these differences? I mean, can't we all agree to say these events took place? So, um we see some, uh, for instance, the cleansing of the temple. Mm -hmm. If you don't read it carefully and chronologically, it looks like there is only one cleansing of the temple, that Jesus Christ did uh, perform this uh, miracle only once. But in fact, if you read it carefully, it happened twice. Yeah. At the beginning of his ministry in Judea, as well as at the end of his ministry, uh, in Jerusalem in the last week before he died. In the same way, there are some other events. My, we may not have all the information about them. Um, and this is why some consider um, some events being clustered together into one event. Mm -hmm. Others will break them down into more events. I don't see that a major problem. We just have to have a system to follow. And maybe um, we are going to have around 180 something events. And so that is our plan for the rest of this year, to go through the harmony of the gospel, these 180 or so events, and share these with you. We're breaking them into major sections. Exactly. Let's mention a couple of sections. The first section is from birth of Jesus Christ to manhood. Mm -hmm. The second section is, um, it's called uh, early, early ministry. ministry. Yeah. That is from his baptism um, and John the, the minister of John the Baptist until he was rejected in uh, Judea. Yeah, then we have the time, his ministry in Judea, which is between the first and second Passover. Mm -hmm. um, the next is the ministry in Galilee between the second and the third Passover mentioned in the Gospel of John. And at the end, we have the, uh, the last year that is between the third and the fourth Passover, mm -hmm. uh, which is split into two. In the first part, Jesus Christ uh, uh, ministered primarily to his disciples away from the public. And in the second part, he ministers in Samaria and Aperia. Yes. Or Transjordan today. Yeah. So we are going to cover this and we invite you along on this journey as we go through and continue to read the gospel and study the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, uh, as we read and study the gospel, 
I pray that our eyes will see you, that as we hear, that we will hear from you, and that ultimately, Father, you, Jesus, will become more and more real to us each and every day. So please go with us as we continue this journey. Help us to um, find joy and find uh, excitement in this process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.